Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of the Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining us. And we have Adam Hardage with us. And uh, Adam's been on our TV show before. And we're going to be talking about uh, an ongoing medical program he has, because I think we're going to need it again. I don't think we're done with lockdowns. I don't think we're done with scamdemics. I don't. Uh, I see signs, and especially coming out of China, we're going to see this again. And so I think it's an important program. And we're also going to talk about the fact that Adam is a veteran, and he had a typical veteran's response uh, to Biden's Philadelphia speech. I'm going to talk about insurrection. That was insurrection against the Constitution. But before we join Adam, we got to take care of a little business here. Um, the railroad strike, as this is September the 8th, is eight days away. Federal mediators are inactive. Uh, I don't think they want to solve this. I think they want to create a food crisis. Uh, this is the MO of the Biden administration. After all, what is it, 108 food processing plants have been destroyed since he came to office uh, that's not my numbers, folks. That's the running tally. And most have been burned down. What a coincidence that is. Food is in short supply coming up in the future. I'm telling you, it's going to be a problem. They want you to come to them for all your needs. So you can step out of the way by getting storable food. My Patriot Supply has not raised prices. They still have specials in effect. And it's still the same 30-year shelf life, high in calories, which is what you need when you eat for survival. Uh, the food is palatable. Uh, actually, I've tasted some of these meals. I think they're fine. And there's lots of diversity in the food, so you don't habituate to it and get sick of eating. So this, I think, is a no-brainer. Go to preparewithdave.com. That's preparewithdave.com. And get your storable food. If you have food, you better have water. Roving blackouts are coming. Energy Secretary Granholm said last week that California is going to provide the model for what we're going to do with the rest of the country. And if you look at what's happening in Europe, it's coming here, folks. So if you have grid down for any length of time, how are you going to get water? Answer, you'd have to scavenge. So when your water supply runs out, you got to scavenge. So you need a water filtration system for that. The Alexa Pure Pearl water filter is the best there is. The research is at waterwithdave.com. They, too, have not raised prices. They, too, have a sale in effect. All that's available at waterwithdave.com. And then finally, thank you to Mike Lindell for what you do, standing up for election integrity. And God knows we haven't done enough correction because we're going to go through some of the same things again in the midterms. But Mike is there at the ready. Well, his people contacted me and said he would like to advertise on your show. And he wants to give your audience a special deal. And I said, I think that's tremendous. We already have the products. They wanted to send me some. I said, I got those. I got the slippers. I got the mattress. I got the sheets. I got the pillow casings. We even have the dog beddings. I mean, I've, I've been a huge my pillow fan. So here's what you do. If you want to take advantage of these two-for-one offers or 50% off, you simply go to mystore.com. And it's all right there. Everything's there, and you'll see. And then put in the coupon code Hodges for your discount. It's a great deal. MyStore.com, discount code Hodges. That takes care of our business for the hour, uh, the live reads, and I'm really glad to have Adam back with us. As I said, he appeared a few months ago over on the TV side at the TV, and uh, we've asked him to come back because uh, he's a veteran. He's put his money where his mouth is. He stepped up to help people who are being persecuted with the uh, mandatory jabs and the loss of employment. So, Adam, welcome back to the show. 
and really glad you could join us. And I, I want to start with a little bit about first your background and then a little bit about what you were doing with regard to COVID, which I think is genius stuff. Well, thanks, Dave. It's a real pleasure to be here, and, and I, I thank you for inviting me back and for having me on. Uh, also, hello to your audience out there, to listeners and in the uh, uh, internet world. It's nice to, to be with you all. So, um, my name is Adam Harnage. I, I, I run a company, as you mentioned, Remote Health Solutions. And Remote Health Solutions uh, has been around for about five years. And we started out as um, really a, a, a telehealth, telemedicine, hardware and services provider. And the military really liked our technology because uh, we could do video voice and, and data uh, around the world, which what that means is a, a remote doctor, maybe 10,000 miles away, could see and talk to uh, a, a, a wounded patient in the field uh, that was being looked at by a medic. So fast forward to, to COVID and, and the lockdowns and everything else, and we, we identified pretty early on that this was um, not going to be two weeks to flatten the curve and that this was indeed a push uh, by your um, tyrannical Marxist regime to, to basically shut everything down in the world. And so we just changed our company mission. We said, well, we're now our company mission is to hire every single healthcare provider that was uh, fired uh, or forced to resign for refusing the jab or refusing to, as we looked at it, bow to medical tyranny. Because for us, it's not really about whether or not uh, an individual wants the vaccine, if you want to even call it that or not. For us, the, the broader issue is about uh, a total abuse of power, government overreach, and um, unconstitutional lockdowns, mandates. Um, th these things, we just are, are go against everything about who we are as Americans, who we are as Remote Health Solutions, and then who I am as a veteran. So, you know, Dave, as you're aware, I mean, I served for about 20 years and I, mm -hmm. I've done four wars and six deployments and the majority of my career was in the special operations and clandestine worlds. And I spent about the last eight years of my career running around the world uh, getting to do bad things to bad people. And now here we are and it's all come home. I, I realized that, you know, I, I left the service and I went to business school and I started this company and I realized that I just mm -hmm. don't even recognize this country that we're faced with and then to be seeing something like which is frankly undescribable i still don't even know how to put it into words uh what what we all saw last week um you know little little hitler in training in philadelphia um it it was so clearly um Hey, but before we go there, Adam, let me interrupt yeah, yeah. you just for a second. Sure, um, sure. I want to give due credit, and I'm not an advertiser for what Adam's doing on the medical side. I am not. I want to stress that. But I am so impressed with what he's done because we're not done with scandemics, folks. They're going to bring the next one, the next one, the next one. And so, Adam, tell people how they can take advantage of your service. Sure thing. Absolutely. Um, anyone, and I, I should have explained this. So we have really two programs. Uh, the first is um, just a, a straight uh, one-off telehealth appointment. Like let's say one of your audience members uh, needs to see a doctor or a provider that, that will give them honest advice uh, and that will maybe prescribe uh, off-label uh, therapeutics and drugs that, that are definitely beneficial and helpful, things like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, things like that. They can come see us. That's 99 bucks for an appointment. Uh, it's We don't take insurance of any kind. It's very simple. You just go to rhsusa.com. And they would just sign up for an appointment. That's rhsusa.com. That's uh, short for Remote Health Solutions. We're also um, – you can look us up on any search engine. 
and go to our website that way. Uh, and then as well, we have a subscription concierge level program, which is $99 for unlimited access. And I'm sorry, that's $99 a month for unlimited access to our providers uh, anywhere in, in the world, or I'm sorry, anywhere in the U.S., uh, plus excellent discounts on pharmacy stuff and uh, discounts on our um, vitamin supplement line and, and things like that. So we're very excited uh, to provide this service. And, and frankly, this um, bring, being able to bring like concierge level care to the masses. And when I say that, I, I think a lot of people's minds, they hear concierge and they think, well, you know, I'm, I, I'm a blue collar guy or gal, or I, I've got a, you know, crappy insurance plan. And so I don't need to go spend more money on, on my healthcare, which, uh, the fact of the matter is, especially in this day and age, I would highly recommend that, that it, people of all ages get involved in a program like this. Uh, whether through us or another freedom-loving patriot organization, uh, but I would I would obviously recommend ours because we have the best, and we also have providers that uh, that stood their ground and proved that they have the backbone and the ability to think uh, for themselves and to stand up and the strength and courage to stand up against a broken and corrupt medical industrial system. So. 99 bucks a month. Anyone can come and be a member uh, and support us. We we implore them to do so because I need I need thousands more patients. We've got plenty of doctors and providers. We've got about 150 or so in our network, but I need more patients. I need more members to support us and, and help us build what we call Noah's Ark for Medicine or the Medical Economy 2.0. Yeah. So uh, it's a great service. It's a real value to people. Uh, I think your your audience would love it. Uh, I invite them to give us a try, rhsusa.com uh, slash pocket care if they want to go straight into that uh, program to sign up for that concierge level program, which we do call pocket care. And the reason for that is so you can take it anywhere with you in the uh, 50 U.S. states. So, That's just awesome. Uh, it really is. Thanks. There's, awesome. there's my shameless plug. So No, no, but it, no, your shameless plug was prompted by my insistence. Because yeah. I believe in what you're doing. And again, to the audience, I don't have any stake in this other than he's helping people. And that's my stake. So that's fantastic. Uh, so you were a veteran. And you watched, obviously, on television, um, Biden come out with his satanic communist red background, uh, surrounded by Marines, which is a total misuse of the Marine Corps to mm-hmm. politicize them this way. What uh, what were your general reactions when you saw that speech? Uh, there, there were two things uh, that really stood out to me. Uh, the first is that this was not even a veiled threat. This was a very overt threat directed at half of the country. Uh, in other words, those those people that, that have conservative values that hold true to the concept of uh, make America great, that, that believe in the notion of American exceptionalism, that want to defend religious freedom and uh, their constitutional rights and, and the, the sacred documents that are uh, the birthright of this nation. And, and so that was the first thing I saw was this, this is a direct – it's almost tantamount to a declaration of war, uh, which is horrific. I've never seen a president basically declare war on its own citizenry. Which now, if you are a student of history and you understand how Marxist revolutions work, you will understand that this has been played out many, many times in the past. And the best, most, um, I guess, most obvious example would be the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia in 1917 and 1919, that, that time frame. I would highly recommend that your audience do some research into that if they haven't already. 
But this is very, very, very dangerous uh, talk by the president. And uh, so aside from the fact that that he directly threatened the American people, uh, the the audience that he's chosen to go after and threaten are the very people that have that have fought and died for this this nation. So, I mean, we're talking about, you know, I served for 20 years. I put myself in harm's way. I gave mm -hmm. the best years of my life to this country. And now you're telling me that I'm a domestic terrorist because I love my family and I want to I, I believe in, you know, the right to uh, have have my, um, you know, religious beliefs sincerely held and uh, the right to go to, to to go to church with my family. I mean, it's just incredibly um, it is either asininely stupid uh, and tone deaf or um, it is as Machiavellian and evil as as I believe it to be. And I will tell you the second thing that I saw coming out of that. The most disturbing part of it was he invoked a very specific phrase. And that is the clear and present danger phrase. Um, I don't know if you picked up on that, but uh, the clear there's a reason why Tom Clancy wrote a book entitled it Clear, clear and Present Danger. That's basically the justification that was used to start uh, the war on drugs, which lasted and is still going on today. And when I say the war on drugs, I mean uh, U.S. direct involvement and um, proxy involvement in the drug wars in, in South and Central America. Um, and he he did not directly invoke that saying that MAGA uh, the MAGA crowd represents a clear and present danger. But what he said was it's very crafty. He said uh, some have even said that the the MAGA crowd represents a clear and present danger. So the fact that he would even bring that up, and because why this is really so important and critical for your viewers to understand is the the, the clear and present danger clause uh, allows a sitting U.S. president. Uh, to invoke some extra extrajudicial authorities that would otherwise not be available. So, uh, you, for example, under the, the guise of this COVID emergency, they can do just about anything. Um, and, and whether that's, you know, the mandates, the lockdowns, uh, or potentially forced incarceration, uh, digital IDs and social credit scores, all these other things that, that are definitely coming down the pike. But, um, the bottom line is we're literally um, – I, 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 we are in a de facto state of conflict with this government, which is horrific uh, to even consider because you've got the very few – the very people that believe in doing their civic duty, doing the right thing, raising their families, going to church, uh, you know, standing up for the flag, kneeling for no one but God – You've got this crowd is now being castigated and, and called out as the enemy of, of the people and the enemy of the United States, which it, the exact opposite is true. Um, and I'm sorry to say it, Mr. President, but uh, that speech you gave was completely irresponsible. And you are showing that your administration is indeed the true enemy of the American people, not the American people um, being the enemy of you. So I – you know, I, these are dark days, Dave. Um, dark days. I, you know, I, I'm I'm very vocal because I've got a four-year-old son and a seven-year-old daughter, and I don't want them to have to fight this fight for me. So we've got to get out there. We've got to, um, you know, frankly, win at the ballot boxes. We've got to build uh, so much uh, momentum and support, and then as well put eyes on all of these ballot boxes and and call out the corruption where we see it. 
and we need to do such a great effort from a from a groundswell standpoint um, that that there's no way that they can hide because don't think for a second they're not going to try for another pandemic, another lockdown, and potentially either to delay the elections to arrest uh, the the rightful president who is President Trump or uh, for some other uh, unforeseen whatever event, try and postpone, delay, or cancel the the uh, 22 elections because they know they're in big trouble. So um, any one of your listeners needs to be – this needs to be the focus right now because if we do not stop this now in November, uh, I believe the country is gone um, without um, without even so much as a shot fired. So – no, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. They, um, <clears throat> I don't think we've done enough. Uh, the uh, Dinesh D'Souza, I don't know if you saw 2,000 Mules or not. Yes. Yep. Okay, and, and I'm a research guy. I taught the subject at a pretty high level at university. And i got to tell you, he went way above and beyond the standards. <clears throat> he, excuse me, double-sourced his claims. <clears throat> Pardon me. And uh, just a second. Um, he had to go to 10 ballot boxes and stuff them and get caught on video. And I think if you're stuffing one ballot box, that's sufficient proof. And he did the 10 and the people who stuffed 10 ballot boxes or more did enough to change the election. And Dinesh was exactly right. And we've done nothing. And now what we've done, we've taken the democratic organization, the U S post office, which is a public private partnership, like an NGO and they now have assigned a division to handle mail-in ballots. I mean, what could go wrong? It just It's amazing to me that we continue to tolerate this, and we haven't done election reform the way we should have. Unless you have an extreme emergency, everything should be in-person voting with an ID, and we haven't got that done. And they're going to cheat the same way they cheated before. You know, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um we can you can guarantee i mean you can take it to the bank that there's going to be cheating um you know it's it's you know other than encouraging people at their local level to to get involved and make a difference uh you know at this point i don't know uh what else to encourage people to do uh i think uh, being involved is of critical importance going forward and and the 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 real bottom line is if we as conservatives fail to get involved in the affairs of state, then we will be governed by tyrants, uh, which is exactly where we find ourselves now. And I will say that, um, not just not just the swamp needs to be drained, but the rhinos have to go. Uh, I mean, that's they're they're just as bad as as the committed uh, radical left. Yeah, so. I'm glad you said that because. I don't believe I've been very outspoken here. I have been on YouTube, and I have been on our TV show. <coughs> Pardon me, but Mitch McConnell <coughs> is the most dangerous rhino in America. Do you know what he did? <coughs> Pardon me. I don't know what's wrong here with my throat. We <coughs> He pulled funding for eight senatorial candidates on the Republican Party. He's leaking information to the New York Times and Washington Post about them. And he's publicly said they're not good candidates. We're going to lose the Senate because of him. That's, uh, yeah, I, I don't <coughs> frankly know what else to say about, about that, about P. 
people like McConnell, people like Romney. Um, they, I would just say that <clears throat> that it is absolutely time for a new for a new administration and a new um, legislative body <clears throat> to take over uh, come November. So I hope uh, sincerely that that we're able to flip the Senate and the House. And um, and that we're able to ha- put in to install some some real leaders that have America's best interests at heart. Because for whatever reason, it just seems like as soon as any one of these uh, clowns, you know, ends up in, in D.C., that gone are all the campaign promises, and you know, it's they're they're just drinking the Kool Aid, and and now it just becomes they're part of the club, and it's a big club. And sorry, brother, but you ain't in it. Uh, so that's. That's not. That's certainly not what America is about, uh, or what it stands for, uh, what it was founded on. That I am a true <laughs> originalist, a true constitutionalist, um, and a true patriot. So, uh, you know, for what it's worth, I would invite any one of your other patriot um, listeners who are out there and who are so inspired to reach out. Um, you know, join our service, and then even if you can't can't afford or don't don't have an interest or a need in our service, I invite you to reach out and even establish contact with us at RHS USA. Uh, we we need we need to to rally the vanguard, if you will, of you know American patriots that that are willing to that are willing to defend this country. Um, you know, by all means necessary, and, and I mean, you know, everything from uh, speaking at you know and to to voting. To watching the ballot box, to you know, to chipping in and doing their part and correcting. Let's see whether it's their school board or their local supervisory supervisory board, um, their county. They're getting involved at, at every level and and defending this the the values that we hold. Um, I mean, uh, it, it, we must we must step up now. Yeah. And the real problem with <laughs> conservatives and patriots, I, I kind of joke about this all the time with you know, with my network and stuff is that we're all busy. You know, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm busy. I got, I got young kids. I got, you know, they've got activities that we got to get them to. We've got to get them to school. We got to, you know, there's back to school shopping. there's homework to do. There's, I'm trying to run my business. I've got, you know, employees that I have to take care of. We're trying to grow and expand and keep the lights on. We're trying to do all these other things. Plus I got to pay my taxes. I got to go to church. I got to do all these things, right? We're busy. So it's hard to you – know, well, you're telling me you want me to add like a whole other thing to my plate. Now I now I got to go to these stupid school board meetings or I got to go – yes. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. So if you are a true American, it is time to – as we used to say in the military, it's time to suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> no, you're absolutely country, right. The uh, country needs you right now. I just did a piece this morning on YouTube and I bemoaned the fact – the two things are happening. One is the JCPA, which is the uh, Journalism Competition and Protection Act, which is basically going to allow a certain body to disallow broadcasting from people who engage in misinformation and hate speech. And that's the labels oh, they use right now to censor. I, <clears throat> if I say, you know, Joe Biden does not have the best interests of the country at heart, I disagree with his energy policies. Well, that's hate speech. And they're allowing also the media to engage in antitrust action. They're going to legalize antitrust for the media. And here are some surprising sponsors. There's a Republican sponsor in this, as well as the Democrat, Amy Klobuchar. But John Kennedy from Louisiana, 
who goes on Fox once a week and pretends to be a conservative. He's a co-sponsor for this bill. That's how deeply we've been penetrated. Hmm. And that's why six months ago I implored the nation over and over to unelect Republican incumbents. I said there's a few that we can return. Josh Halley's one of them. You know, a few of them out there are worth returning. But I said most need to go because they're sucked into the system. And an election system that's corrupt can benefit them as well as screw other people. And they know that. So they don't they don't stand up. They, they, they sing a good tune. But when the rubber meets the road, they're nowhere to be found. And this is what we're looking at now is, is we've been betrayed by the majority of the Republican Party. Uh, I say it in my own state. We have 80 to 85 percent of our population's conservative, and we're ruled mostly by Democrats, and the rest are all rhinos. There's hardly, I think there's one or two populists in the whole state that's in office right now. And this is true all across the country. We've been conquered. Adam, we have been conquered by China. China controls most of these politicians, as I found out. George Soros, same thing. And they're all working on behalf of the World Economic Forum. So here's the question I want to ask you as a military man. Biden's speech took us right up to the level to where we're going to, at one point in time, if we win the election, consolidate the election. I take his speech, the next step, and the next step is consolidating power and removing dissidents from society. What do you think the military will do when they're called on to extract Americans from their home KGB style and take them in mass to camps. How do you see the military responding? Uh, the majority of the military will absolutely 100% go through with those orders. What percentage do you think? Mm, close to 100%, I would imagine. Um, so what, what your audience and listeners have to understand is, is really how the way the military works. So I'll tell you this, Dave, I wish I, I wasn't saying that. And I wish I could say, oh, you know, you always got to back the blue. You got to stand up with your brothers and sisters in arms. And, you know, you got to back the, the big green machine. But that's just not true anymore, um, sadly, because the, the military is successfully purged uh, at this point. Most of the people that would stand up against uh, unlawful orders. So, for example, if you take the vaccine mandate now, the VAX is, is kind of an interesting thing. And since we have a long format um, show, I'll, I'll get into this a little bit. Uh, normally, I just kind of gloss over it. But, you know, I, I was a military guy for 20 years as we talked. And so I've, I, my, my shot record card uh, literally has a continuation page. I mean, I've been jabbed by everything, you know, from annual flu shots to all six vaccine or I'm sorry, anthrax vaccines, plus the boosters, plus you know, typhoid, yellow fever, typhus, I mean, on and on and on, you know, especially because we went to some weird places. And so whether it's, you know, getting a pre-deployment uh, booster for whatever vaccine you need, I've been jabbed a lot. However, uh, I did not take, nor will I take this, uh, this COVID experimental mRNA injection. And the reason why I didn't is because very early on, you just tell that something in the milk was sour and that, if they're going to ask for 75 years before they're even going to tell you what's in it and they're going to refuse to provide any sort of uh, full disclosure or patient uh, informed consent, first off, that is, as you know, I mean, that is not just against federal law, but that's also against 
uh, internationally accepted law, such as was established in you know the Nuremberg Code, uh, with experimental on or experiments on 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 uh, unknowing pe- people, and so now you've literally got the largest uh, experiment, which I believe we are already seeing the horrific um, and deadly effects of that. Uh, but we won't even get into that right now. You, 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 we've got this situation where um, we have been basically turned upside down from the inside out. So not not only was an election stolen uh, in 2020, um, and, and here we are, but they've consolidated power in a very, very big way. And so the next step, and you're entirely right, but the next step in any one of these, um, you know, revolutionary takeovers is going to be the roundup and removal of dissident voices, voices like General Flynn, voices like myself, Mike Lindell, those kind of things. We are, um, you know, kind of looked at as public enemy number one for simply uh, standing up for the very supreme rule of law that is in this country, which is the Constitution. And I will say, um, so when when people say, oh, boy, you know, the military, they're really with us. There's the white hats. You know, Trump is really in control. I'm sorry. I hate to tell you this, everybody, but that is just not the case. Um, moreover, the military is not coming to support you. Uh, when they come, it would be, it's going to be uh, a, as a result of orders that were given from on high to go remove you. Now, I'm not saying I'm not accusing anybody in the service or in the police force or whatever else of, you know, malintent towards uh, their fellow man. However, I will say, as a man who has fought in four wars, uh, when orders are given, orders are expected to be followed. Now, there is an exception to that for anybody who is uh, understands the uh, law of armed conflict and the, you know the the requirement for an officer or uh, a non commissioned officer to only follow those orders which are lawful and in the the you know in the best interest of the the unit, the mission. Uh, and within the spirit of the command given. However, um, that's kind of a lofty and academic way of saying, um, sure, in a perfect world, uh, people would stand up and say, no, I'm not going to round up grandma and grandpa. Uh, but the reality of it is it's just not the case. Uh, and, and most, as we've learned, sadly, most of the world are sheep that will follow and will, will uh, do as they are told. And so your audience needs to know that the military right now is not run by good guys and good gals. And moreover, the most senior, and this is a critical point to understand for your audience, the most senior military officer. uh, So in other words, the secretary of, uh, let's say, the Army, the secretary of defense. Well, no, actually, the secretary of defense. I'm sorry. Let me correct I'm sorry, your your four-star generals, your highest-ranking four-star general, is still going to be outranked by any of the civilian leadership that oversees uh, the U.S. military, meaning the Secretary of the Air Force is a civilian, unelected but appointed civilian uh, deep state swamp bureaucrat. Now, I don't know who the current Secretary of the Air Force is or the Army, and I'm not impugning someone uh, on a personal level. What I'm stating is those positions are held by unelected, appointed uh, swamp creatures. So that is just a fact of the matter. And so when you see all this wokeness coming out and you see like uh, like 
you know, the Marine Corps putting out like just these ridiculous tweets about like supporting Pride Month and all this stuff. I thought the military was supposed to, you know, fight and win wars. I didn't think they were supposed to get into sexual politics, but whatever. So when you see, um, you know, services putting out stuff like that, understand that that is not driven by the men and women in uniform. It's not driven by the four star general. It's driven by the civilian leadership that is over in charge of and oversees the military and dictates policy. So policy is set uh, at the administrative level, meaning the civilian level, meaning the president and the secretaries. It is not set uh, with the, the those in service. I'm sorry, those in uniform. So hugely critical point for your people to understand. But when when those orders come, uh, you can expect that the jackboots will be following. Well, that's you know I'm surprised at your answer, but you're not the only military person that's told me this. I'm surprised that they wouldn't look at this is my neighborhood. This is what I would do. But then again, I realized. Do you know when they bring FBI agents in, they transfer them across the country? So yeah, they don't want you. They don't want you serving where you. They basically, yeah, exactly. there's a there's an old phrase, right? I think we all know this one. You don't uh, poop where you eat. Type thing. Yeah, exactly. So, so when, the, and that's the same thing with the military. So your military service member is going to move on average every eighteen to thirty six months for the life of their career. So as over the over my twenty year career, I lived in I think eleven states. Um, so you're not going to have a, you know, a direct tie either to the place or the population. Uh, and it's not like you went to school with Timmy down the street. So there's really no, none of that community familiarity. You're just there to do a job. Uh, now granted, we do have things like posse comitatus and we have the constitution. We've got laws in place to protect Americans from the threat of force against themselves by their own military. But I, I don't believe that this administration cares one whit about the Constitution uh, or even upholding uh, the, the oath of office that they took. Now, this is where it gets really scary, frankly. Um, it is any, any elected official that refuses to uphold their oath of office is guilty of one thing especially if they are empowering uh, America's enemies. If they are working against America's best interests in an objective, provable fashion, i.e. Uh, giving billions of dollars to, um, you know, let's say a corrupt uh, oil uh, corporation in a foreign country in order to, um, you know, enrich oneself uh, or take from their people, just like we saw in Ukraine with, uh, Burisma and Hunter Biden, uh, whether it's that or if you look at the weaponization of the FBI uh, and then other federal agencies, those kinds of things are uh, not just uh, illegal, but they're also unethical and moral and completely corrupt. And those have all the bastions and all the makings and all the undertones of nothing less than treason. And I use that word understanding very clearly what I'm saying. And that is the scariest part of all of this, is that I am thoroughly convinced that the acts that we are seeing coming out of this administration are deliberate. And I don't think there's any other explanation for it. Uh, they are deliberate. They are intended. They are unconstitutional. And ultimately, they serve to benefit 
uh, America's enemies, if you will. Um, that being said, look up the definition of treason and tell me if I'm hitting home or not. No, you, you've hit home. They, these people are treasonous. I mean, let me ask your opinion on this because I think it fits into the same genre. Mark Kelly should be my hero. 37 air combat missions, uh, astronaut, been to space, and yet he does about $25 million of business with communist China. And uh, he votes with Biden 99% of the time. Is his Chinese interest, is that uh, treasonous since they've threatened the nucus? I, you know, honestly, uh, I'm going to withhold judgment on that one because I'm not super familiar with uh, that case. And, I, and I, I, I could opine on it, but I don't like to uh, to give my opinion on things that I'm not well informed on or that I have not that researched or drawn my own conclusions to. I mean, it sounds like at first blush what you're explaining certainly does not sound good. <laughs> but I'll I'll leave it at that. You know, it's um, it, we. I, I never believed I never believed that it, it would be possible to even find ourselves in the position that we're in. Um, but here we are. Yeah, no, here we are. Okay, let me ask you the question generally without ascribing it to an individual. When sure. you swear to uphold the Constitution of the United States and you are an active business participant, which clearly influences your voting in that particular nation – has made several militaristic threats over the last several years towards your country. Uh, should we consider that to be a violation of uh, sedition or even treason? I would say uh, if you are uh, under, if you are holding a political office, or um, I should say an office, a public office of any kind, and you have taken the oath of office, which is to support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that you will well and faithfully bear true allegiance to the same, uh, that you take the obligation freely without any purpose of mental reservation or purpose of evasion. So, um, and I, I butchered a couple of words in there, so I'm sure some of your, your tried and trues are going to say, hey, you got this wrong by two words. But um, but that wasn't too bad after uh, six years of not uh, reciting it. So, um, so the oath of office is a very serious thing. And, um, and, and with that oath of office comes a very clear obligation to, uh, to, to a higher, let's call it the uniform code of military justice, the law of armed conflict. Um, and if you do not, if one sitting in that office does not uphold that oath, in fact, actively undermines it or works against it, that is indeed grounds for, charges of treason, sedition, or other, uh, and I'm, I'm not a lawyer, so I mean, I'm not trying to give legal advice here, but I'm just telling people uh, what's what. Okay, so pursuing this line here, a military that would extract civilians under these conditions based on the fact that you're creating an enemy of the state mentality with no clear violation of law, isn't that obeying an illegal order? Correct. Yes, and then any of the officers or non-commissioned officers that, that upheld those orders or carried them out uh, would be themselves liable um, to be punished in accordance with the orders or the atrocities that they did indeed carry out. Uh, and I, I think most of your 
active service men and women are smart enough to realize that um, that that truly going to war against the American people is a losing battle, um, uh, or, or would be. And not only that, what these what these people in Washington fail to realize is that the very people that they are castigating and and calling enemies, uh, you know, who have literally done nothing but serve honorably and try to try to um, you know put America's best interest first and those people when it comes time will fight with a level of ferocity not not known to man uh, because you're talking about destroying an entire um, group of people's identity um, value community spirit family business livelihood uh, future and and uh, I would just say that the the it would be well for the people who are in this swamp to hear the message clearly that they are playing with fire. It's uh, these are very, very dangerous times. The 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 sitting president uh, did not help matters at all when he did his little Hitler in training, um, you know, attempt at. I mean, if, if you look at, do you remember you remember the inauguration in tw- uh, January twenty one? When they got up there and it looked like a set out of the Hunger Games, yeah, in DC. Yeah. Do you remember I that? I do. Yeah. My wife and I looked at each other like, "Are, are you kidding me?" I mean, it's, it was so patently obvious. It's literally like you got Lady Gaga up there, almost saying, "May the odds be ever in your favor, for God's sake." And now you've got the president up there in Philly last week. I mean, first off, the fact that they're doing it in Independence Hall. Uh, understanding the historical importance of what Independence Hall represents. And it, it's just literally like thumbing the nose or, you know, rubbing, rubbing the MAGA crowd's nose in their, uh, in their ego or in, in their, it's, it's, it, the, the level of sort of narcissistic, um, you know, tone deaf rhetoric is just, through the roof and then for him to come out the next week and say oh i didn't say that that any americans are are, are a threat to society well you did and we all heard it you know so so you can't have it both ways um i will say that we're in very dangerous times very dangerous waters um but what's really most interesting so i would recommend that everybody in your audience read the constitution really take the time and read it so anyone who comes to work for my company uh, on day one, the very first thing they get is, well, obviously they have to sign, you know, their paperwork and they get their passwords for the computer and everything else. But the first thing that they get is everyone that comes to work for me gets a, a pocket copy of the Constitution and they are expected to read it and understand it. So we have discussions about it. And at first, you know, five years ago when I started this, people thought I was kind of joking and uh, they quickly realized I was not joking. And I explained it at the time, I said, this is going to be necessary for you to understand this, for you to understand what it means to be an American, uh, because it's all covered right there in the Constitution. So the Constitution, the Amendments, Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights. So look, your people need to read and understand that and know then, too, that the, that the Constitution uh, is the supreme law of the land as upheld 
in the Supreme Court case in 1803, I believe it was. Um, it's a very famous case. And, of course, right now I'm, I'm getting the, uh, the the name is blanking. But anyone of are you talking about, Are you talking about judicial review? Uh, well, I'm talking about in 1803. Oh, it was Madison versus Marbury. Yeah, exactly. It's judicial review. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah, um, thank you for jogging my uh, memory. So uh, between, between – it's, it's very simple. Between the Constitution and so the founding documents and that ruling, Americans have – just about everything they need to have to understand where they are on the side of right and wrong. And, uh, you know, it's written right there in the very first paragraph um, of the Declaration of Independence. It may be the second paragraph, but, you know, we're talking about it is the right and the duty and the obligation of Americans at such time to throw off government that is not serving them. And that's kind of where we are. You know, it's the Declaration of Independence is really a beautiful document and beautifully written because it encapsulates in one large page. Um, basically, it says, hey, King George, uh, you know, we've tried. We've tried for 10 years. You know, we've tried for a long time. We we don't like your taxes without representation. We don't like, uh, you know, you quartering British troops in our homes. We don't like uh, all these sort of uh, tyrannical um, what we think of as – you know, overreach, government overreach. We don't like all these practices that you and your sort of, I guess, administration might be the right word, uh, are are doing on, on, on the American citizenry. And so we are hereby, because of all of those things, and here's all the ways that we have tried to remedy this situation, but you have thus far failed. You have failed to listen to us. You've failed to address any of these grievances. You have failed to do all these things. So therefore, we are declaring our independence from England. Now, when they when they signed that declaration, they knew full well what that meant. And that's why, you know, your founding fathers, and, you know, it drives me crazy when you hear all these these um, uh, <laughs> libtards uh, coming out and saying something like, you know, uh, you know, it's just a bunch of old white guys that, that wrote a document on paper 200 years ago. And they, it doesn't mean anything. And it's outdated. Well, no, it's not. This is literally the most divinely inspired document I've ever read. And it's the most inspiring um, legal framework for a country to ever be formed. And so when you look at what they've laid out in this thing and say, okay, because of all these things. So first off, here's what we believe. We believe that everyone is endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, which among those are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? And we believe, you know, we believe in all these things, mom, freedom, and apple pie, and all this other stuff. And then it says, but. Uh, And so therefore – from time to time, we have to establish uh, a government, and we all kind of agree in the social contract that here's here's how we're going to do this government thing. Uh, but in times where the government no longer serves the people or is you know corrupt or whatever else, it's on it is the duty of the citizenry to throw off such government. Yep, I agree and form a new government. So let me take this line uh, that you're going yeah. down here, and I want to I want to put it into the modern context. There's been Robin Sage and Jade Home 16, which specifically recruited crisis actors to play the role of disaffected ex-military guerrilla chieftains. So there was anticipation on the part of the government, the Democrats, Obama in 2016 and Biden now, last year with Robin Sage, that military would step up and defend the people. 
but it might be in small number. But the thing that I'm saying is we really got two choices here. One is we just roll over and accept tyranny and depopulation that's going to follow with what they're doing. Or number two, we engage in a tremendously long, uh, basically, guerrilla war. We have 400 million handguns. The government can never get them all. I don't care what laws they pass. And you could be compliant civilian by day, and you could be their domestic terrorist by night. And I've written about this before. If the military cannot or will not step up and help, then I think we're going to de-evolve into constant conflict. We could look more like Somalia. What yeah. do you think? I, I, um, yeah, I mean, you could. I mean, I could see Somalia. Really, it's really what you're alluding to is tribal, you know, tribal and and community warfare. Um, you know, clan against clan, really. Uh, which which you could certainly see some of that here. And, and I'll tell you, uh, you know, I I. I have attended Robin Sage. Robin Sage is the final phase of training in the Army Special Forces uh, Green Beret qualification course. And, and I attended Robin Sage. And I will say that um, it, it, the, the, so Robin Sage is run, it just depends on, on what uh, training cycle they're in, but it's usually run about a dozen times a year. Um, and and it, is a, it is a culmination event which teaches the Special Forces soldier in training, uh, it, it basically gives them a chance to employ all of the different doctrine and tactics and everything else that they've learned over the last two years of training in a one-month exercise where, yes, they do indeed uh, embed with a, uh, air quotes, you know, fictional guerrilla army in a fictional country, which is uh, just happens to look a whole lot like uh, North Carolina um, outside of, you know, the Pinehurst area and stuff. And, and then they, they run around and they do, uh, local guerrilla operations. And because the, the doctrine of a special forces, uh, unit is to conduct unconventional warfare and, uh, partisan and paramilitary and guerrilla warfare. So they're experts in, in these things. And we call it by, with, and through to where, uh, you know, we conduct warfare by, uh, you know, our foreign counterpart forces, that are these guerrilla forces that were, uh, you know, again, air quotes, training to be with, uh, or, you know, through them and with them. So alongside this, we did the same thing in Afghanistan. We've done it, frankly, all over the world. Um, I've been part of these units and part of these missions and, and both on the uh, working with guerrilla uh, forces to also working against certain guerrilla forces. Um, I will just say that if if it devolves like you were talking about, uh, here's what your listeners need to know. There are, I think there's about 2,600 constitutional sheriffs, uh, county sheriff, I'm sorry, 2,600 uh, county sheriffs across the U.S. Now, the sheriff is the supreme law of the land uh, at the county level, meaning that your, your Federal Bureau of Investigation has no, no ability to actually uh, carry out any sort of federal level uh, law enforcement activity without uh, notification or buy-in of the sheriff. And there's a couple of like nitnoid things, you know, if they got a judge's order and, and this and that. But for the bit, for the most part, you've got constitutional sheriffs that are most across most of the U.S. And these constitutional sheriffs 
uh, are elected by their people. And the reason why they're different than police chiefs and police departments is because they are accountable to the people as elected officials. They are not accountable to the mayor or the governor or whatever yeah, right, else. Right. They get, okay. They so and fired. Bring this back to and, Robin Sage. What, what does this mean yeah. for a long-term uh, well, Cold War rebellion? Yeah, so what I would say to you is uh, if it if it actually indeed goes that way, I think this thing – your your listeners need to be aligning themselves with retired and former uh, special forces personnel. And and you're talking about Army Green Berets. Uh, that is the, the special forces um, of, of the United States military uh, aligning with your former Green Berets and aligning with your county sheriffs and then – uh, taking America back from the local level. And what that means is I'm not talking about running around like crazy people with guns and shooting stuff up and everything else. What I'm talking about is you get organized at the local level, you align yourself with the sheriff, you take back your county school board, you take back your board of supervisors, you take back uh, – you get involved at the local level. Uh-huh. I agree. And, and so that leads me and, to the next question and probably be after the last yeah. question. What about yeah. secession? Uh, gosh, I mean I'm not a – I'm not a legal scholar. No, no, I'm not asking the legal question. Yeah. I'm asking the power question. Um, I, I don't know. You know, I've we've I've talked about this to 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 guys over the years about the the even the idea of secession. And you know, Texas. I guess if Texas goes, then everybody else can actually look at it and see, look around, and say, well, how'd it go for Texas? Since yeah. they they seem to always be threatening in in one one form or fashion. You know. Yeah, don't mess with Texas. We're the Lone Star State for a reason. So, and by the way, I love my Texas brothers and sisters. I'm not making fun of you. Well, a little bit because you guys are just like the South. It's always going to rise again. And now I live in the South. So again, if I'm alienating all my brothers and sisters in the South, I'm not going to have a lot of friends left. But uh, yeah. uh, I the uh, I think Flo- <laughs> I think Florida would be first in secession because Abbott is a he's a closet rhino. But, but uh, you know, DeSantis, DeSantis will lead it. I really do believe we could be coming to that. And it's disturbing to say that. I mean, you still really caught me off guard with almost the totality of the military would participate in roundups. And uh, I've heard this from other military, though. So I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but I am surprised. Um, one last thing. I just thought I would throw this into the discussion. If the military were to develop a backbone, uh <laughs> The Kigali principles would be invoked by a Democratic president, and the UN would be on our shores immediately. And that's well, that's uh, what, what Obama signed us into. Well, that that will never happen, um, as far as the military air quotes developing a backbone, because you're talking about. I, I, so who, I, we who we don't have much time the, left, but I'm sorry yeah, to interrupt fine, you, but, but I, I agree. Question. Millie, is who it is the supreme yeah. leader? Who's the supreme commander of the U.S. military? Well, the president. Yeah, that's correct. So. <clears throat> they would have to be a coup, a coup d'etat, and then, yeah. I hear what you're saying. And then, of course, you got Millie, who would let China know before we would go to war with them. So, uh, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, we're in a world of hurt here in this country, and people don't realize it, and I agree with your assessment. We're 60 days away from final judgment. We let the Democrats consolidate power after the election. We're in big trouble. Adam, I do appreciate you coming on. And uh, this is a fun and lively discussion, and I do appreciate the work you're doing on behalf of people who need your help. Well, thanks, Dave, and I encourage everybody to reach out. 
Uh, if there are <laughs> patriots out there that do want to, to align with us, get involved with us, um, reach out to us, please. In fact, send me an email, adam, A-D-A-M, at rhsusa.com. Sounds good. Uh, I don't know if I can get to them all, but I will try and respond to, to everyone that I can. Very good. Thanks, Adam. Take care. Yes, sir. Thank you, Dave.